0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. <laughs> Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. in Edmonton, Brendan Escott with you on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now where some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. Well, he gets the rookie in his first of uh, many weekly recurring appearances here on Oilers Now. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network is our headliner today. The Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Brian, appreciate you taking the time. Welcome aboard. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate having you here. Uh, We'll get to hockey in a minute, but uh, just I want to address right off the top. It is Patriots Day south of the border, uh, 18-year anniversary of the World Trade Center. You're from New Jersey. You're now working in New York. Uh, Can you just kind of put me in the vibe of the city uh, right now as best you can? You know what? I was on my way to work
1: this morning, and yes, I am in the city. I live in the Upper East Side from obviously the world trade centers but the person that lives three floors above me actually owns the trade center oh wow and uh i I did not see him today but i've had many conversations with him over time and uh having been in the city for a long time um it's really it's incredible there was such horror and despair back when it happened there was such doom and gloom about how this would be the end of new york city and it would never be the same again and here we are 18 years later and the city's never been more vibrant including this morning it was a beautiful sunny hot day in new york city which is good or bad depending on how far you're walking and ultimately i was literally reflecting on it and just thinking man is this man was everybody wrong man is this a resilient town which and, is incredible uh,
0: you know when you, you saw that with Boston yeah, with the marathon and it's just, it's when the true character comes out i think yeah
1: yeah and it was really evident i literally had that thought as i was walking uh up one of the streets just wow it's packed people are vibrant uh they're happy um it's come a long long way so i get to the studio here today and then i see we're interviewing uh, a player that plays in the AHL's son we're going to interview the player, his father was one of the first responders that day and that's just, you know the kind of stuff that you see, but that'll be on NHL Network later uh, this
0: evening Well there you go, and it, it's just obviously one of those stories where everybody on some level was impacted by this, um, so it's, it's great to hear that that it's more a, a, f- a feeling of hope and encouragement than it is of, of you know, sorrow and over there. Um, Let's talk hockey, though. So I'm I'm reading Twitter this morning, Brian, and and I'm looking at what Bob McKenzie has to say about this Mitch Marner restricted free agent contract situation. And and Bob, as you know, is usually a guy who plays it pretty down the middle, but he was saying that... Toronto's offering Marner seven, eight-year deals at 11 million, and that's not enticing enough for Mitch Marner. It's he wants basically, from what I can understand, almost exactly what Austin Austin Matthews got, and they're not settling for anything less. So, as somebody, Brian, who's been a player, a GM, an agent in these situations, uh, maybe not directly, uh, who has the leverage? What? What is ultimately? what can we work towards here when we're talking about such a discrepancy this late in the off season?
1: Yeah, I don't know who has the leverage, but when you get into situations like that, those are very strong offers, just for the record. Whether or not you're the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, whether or not you're Mitch Marner's father, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with those offers. And the fact of the matter is, and I'm a little bit surprised because it took so long. We have so many great people that... You know hunt down these scoops but this has been out there for almost 50 days now where these offers were made quite a while ago everybody's kind of known it in the hockey world it, i really only seen it come to the public's eye in the last 24 48 hours um but i so for me it's not shocking in terms of the information we're getting it's shocking that a deal hasn't been consummated what i believe is happening is that this deal is trending towards a much shorter deal, and that's out there now in the, in the marketplace. I've been saying it for a while. Uh, and Toronto should do it. You know, they may be concerned about he can leave this, that, or the other thing, depending on how long a deal you do. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we're going to see more teams just living for today and not worrying about tomorrow so much. The number will come down significantly. I believe Marner's camp will accept that. They're still going to want a a really strong number. It's going to be more than Toronto wants to give. Uh, But I actually think Toronto should give them, because I know that's kind of a solution they're considering. Toronto should give them what they want. Give them a shorter-term deal. Save money on your cap space. It's difficult because Toronto has done a lot of work under the surface in terms of acquiring players that are injured and things like that that it doesn't quite jive with the strategies that they've put in place to protect themselves, but so be it. You got to change course, just get them in when you can give them that shorter term deal and move forward. I think Mitch Marner will lose on that shorter-term deal than if he took a
0: longer-term deal. We've got the NHL Network's Brian Lawton here on Oilers Now today. Brendan Escott hosting the Wednesday edition. Um, one thing that stands out to me here, Brian, and I'm still trying to piece this together in my head, is is the league doesn't seem tremendously worried that there's a, a pretty strong roster of stars that are not reporting, and we're getting to a couple days out of training camp. Uh, we saw the, the downgrade in performance when that kind of thing happens in William Nylander last year and yet neither the PA nor the league seems to be tremendously worried that this is negatively impacting anything. They're happy, uh, at least on the surface, to see these guys, okay, just do what you want and and it'll figure itself out.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they're necessarily happy, but there's nothing they can do, so there's not really much that they can say or any actions, but it has been very quiet from both the PA and the National Hockey League. They're just letting clubs do their business like they should that's always been their position um this the, the piece that hasn't been talked about at all like take a guy like Vico Rantanen in colorado obviously supposed to be there tomorrow he's not going to be there i know for a fact he's in finland he doesn't even have a visa to come over it's going to be weeks
0: oh, wow. before
1: colorado avalanche fans see him and that would be if he signed tomorrow or today even so there's a lot of other things going on, but uh, ultimately, I, I really truly believe, and I know clubs. I've talked to some clubs recently, and the agents for these guys, and everything is shifting to short term. That's going to be the the settlements, and the numbers are going to be groundbreaking from past bridge type deals. Uh, maybe definitely. You know, Panarin was really a bridge deal if you go back and look at it, and that was a really strong number. I think it was 6-1. Kucherov is the one that clubs want to point to, and that was in the middle fours. But uh, you're going to see some of these shorter deals start to come in at uh north of seven and eight million
0: dollars so I, I don't know how this could or would impact the collective bargaining stuff that's going on right now the window for the Players Association as you know is closing on Sunday um, to opt out and make that expire a year earlier than it will I haven't read anything there's been no indication that I've seen um, that that's going to be enacted but it, these these restricted free agent negotiations do you think that that sort of thing might have the potential to um, you know maybe through Throw a wedge into some of the bargaining talks?
1: I don't think it will. I, I don't think, I think the league is, you know, they understand this is a normal course of business. It's a little bit of a water watershed moment for the league in terms of clubs making the decision that we're willing to pay these younger players a lot more. So that means there's going to be an adverse effect on the back end And even though a guy like John Tavares obviously hit a grand slam, Eric Carlson, last year, we did see you know, Jake Gardner take less money than a lot of people thought. Marcus Johansson, who had a really nice playoff run, ended up on shorter term and less money. So it's just a rebalancing of how teams distribute their money. That happens in a salary cap world. I think that the Players Association is okay with it. I think that the National Hockey League is okay with it.
0: Got Brian Lawton on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline right now, uh, Brian. A lot of rumors circulating around Justin Falk to Anaheim. Uh, he would have to waive his no partial no trade clause, uh, but he wants an extension if that's going to happen. So, do you like the fit for the veteran D-man there on the West Coast? I,
1: obviously, Anaheim could use him. I mean, they've got Cam Fowler and Hempus Lindholm on the left side. Uh, Manson on the right and it's pretty thin after that in terms of established players they've moved out a lot of right-handed established players obviously in the last few years so that's the oddity if you look at Anaheim's side obviously Montour um, gone Um, Sammy Vatinen traded for Adam Henrique as well so uh, it's something that Anaheim needs I think that Justin Falk would take a long hard look at their roster though and probably want to hit a pretty good home run in order to approve to go there in my opinion just because you know obviously Corey Perry gets bought out uh not a great year for Anaheim last year they've had a lot of great years in a row is this maybe a little bit of the changing of the guard for them as they revamp their team and how would Justin fit into that long term so I'm not really that bullish on that one getting done unless they give him kind of a grand slam type home run contract
0: now considering that Anaheim won't be the only team calling and inquiring uh, with Don Waddell about this player is there perhaps a better fit in your opinion for him can you see him moving out of Carolina ahead of the season
1: Uh, I think there's some other teams that he would certainly be more uh, amicable to go to at the end of the day Carolina does have a lot of flexibility to move him obviously anaheim was a club that wasn't one of their options but they still have more than enough to make a deal if they want they obviously liked the deal they were getting back from anaheim right now is a tough time to move players though because there's not a lot of teams with cap space and if caroline is not willing to take back a lot of money then it's a hard deal to do i will say this the move by carolina to sign jake gardner to replace obviously a guy like Falk or to give them an even stronger D is one of the smarter moves uh, that I've seen. There weren't a lot of teams that had cap space, but there were a number of other ones um, that should have been in on a deal like this, because that's real value to add a guy like Jake Gardner at $4 million a year.
0: Did you ever have to, as a manager, uh, approach a player, or even an agent for that matter, about waiving a no-trade clause? Is that sort of an awkward conversation to have? Or, or how, how much can you divulge about what that process would be like?
1: Um, I did. And in this particular case that I'm thinking of, it was a very, you know, people are always upset when you tell them that you're contemplating trading them. I was pretty far out in front of it. This was for Mark Reckey way back when. And, um, you know, he was good about it. Mark understood. He was a seasoned pro I think it could be straightforward. You don't try to BS players. They get it. They understand it's a business. It's their right to say no. Um, You have to respect that. Players have earned that right. I always respected it being a former player. But ultimately, if you communicate with people, and if you just think of this one thing, which is we think you'd be better served somewhere else, do you really want to continue to work for those people? Sometimes players do. Sometimes they just want to, exert their option to maybe end up somewhere where they want to go but ultimately it's kind of common sense you know at that particular time we were trying to get younger and mark was an older player wasn't anything personal it wasn't anything about his performance it was just about a chance to continue with our strategy and ultimately we had a couple of different choices that were approved and we selected the one that we felt was best for mark Mark actually went on and won another
0: Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins. We've got uh, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network on the line. He'll be our regular guests on Wednesdays moving forward here on Oilers Now. Uh, Brian, Bruce Cassidy gets an extension in Boston. Uh, What can you say about the job that he's done since taking over for Claude Julien and and such a successful winning percentage in a short time? He did inherit a a pretty quality team though. He inherited a quality team but it it
1: wasn't working the way that Don Sweeney envisioned it. I love the Bruce Cassidy story, to be honest with you. I just think it's an incredible story of resilience. You know, I remember Bruce when he started in Washington. He had a guy by the name of Yarmir Yager on his roster, which gave him all kinds of fits as a young coach, <laughs> as Yogg's could do. Um, things didn't really go well. He eventually was terminated. He went back to the drawing board, reinvented himself, Uh, worked his tail off, did an incredible job for the Bruins and the Miners, got another opportunity, and showed me immediately that he was no different than a rookie player. He really honed his skills and craft as a coach and came back and has done an incredible job with the Boston Bruins. He's not only a great coach, he's a great guy, and I couldn't be happier for him personally. He deserves it. Uh, It wasn't an easy road. He's persevered, and and now he's getting rewarded probably to the tune more than he ever would have thought possible.
0: Now, because he spent those five years in Providence behind the bench um, as the head coach and even some time as an assistant before that, I mean, there's so many paths that a coach can take. But let's bring this back to the Edmonton organization. If you're Jay Woodcroft and thinking, okay, now we've got a young crop of players down here that I'm going to be able to grow as a coach as they grow as players, and you're thinking, hey, I might be setting myself up for a very similar scenario moving forward. Is that a fair assessment with Woodcroft or anybody else for that matter out there? I haven't talked to Jay specifically
1: about it, but it's hard to imagine that that's not what he's thinking. He obviously has a very good relationship with Todd McClellan. I would think he probably might have even had an opportunity to go to the Los Angeles Kings as an assistant coach with Todd again, which he's done a couple of times already in his career, but I think this is a real strong move for him to try to step up a level into that next realm where he's seen as a head coach. He's done a lot of great work, including last year for the Oilers, and uh, if he can have another great season, develop some of these guys. Hopefully, you know, the one troubling spot for coaches when when they're in that role is that the organization wants you to develop players, and a lot of times the coach wants to just win down there. You have to find that balance everybody wants their american league team to win when you're a general manager ken holland does for sure but what he's really counting on jay is to develop really what's considered a pretty strong group of young players uh, so that they're ready to be the next wave of oilers so that they can contribute maybe not this year a lot of the players that are earmarked for down there but certainly down the road you can see that the roster is not set long-term for the Edmonton Oilers. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity.
0: And it sounds like, Brian, one of those spots right now could be the D-partner for Oscar Kleffbaum, and the other two pairings, as Dave Tippett has described it to us, are, are almost set in stone. So there's one spot on the right side for a young player, like a Caleb Jones, like maybe an Evan Bouchard, depending on whether they want him seasoned a little bit more. Um you know, I guess you get into a situation like this as a general manager what are your thoughts or reservations about having a, a young player that's playing with your, your top end D-man I guess there's some sort of double edged sword in my opinion where he's going to be I called upon maybe more than you would like but he's playing with a pretty quality player across the rink from him so just give me a thought on that and that Oilers vacancy on the top pair
1: well, you're always going to let the players have a say in it, but uh, there's a lot of people vying for that position, as you just mentioned. Um, I would have to give some of the older Europeans, particularly Pearson, in this case, you know, probably the lead in getting that spot. That spot by virtue of being 25 years old and having pro experience. But if one of the other younger players can prove throughout camp, whether it's a Bouchard or a Jones or even uh, Lagason or, or, or Bear. If one of those guys can prove that they deserve it, then Dave Tippett is the type of coach that won't hesitate. He is a guy that will reward the guys that deserve it most. Um, he doesn't care what their contract is. If they can help the club at that point the most, that's the player he's going to want on the roster. And Ken Holland has proved throughout his career that he's a very patient general manager um you know grand rapids is very very well thought of in the national hockey league because of the philosophy that ken brought to detroit and used year after year and letting his guys really develop not rushing them along they they always had the luxury there of having you know a lot of depth or great players ahead of those kids so it gave him a little bit more ability to do that I still think Ken's going to take that exact same philosophy to Edmonton. If a guy proves it, he'll be on the NHL roster, but he's going to have to jump up and grab it uh, before he gets it over maybe an older player.
0: Brian, we appreciate you taking the time today. We're getting a text from Mitch in St. Albert. He says, love Lawton on the show now. Great ad. So uh, we'll hook up next Wednesday and and enjoy uh, the rest of your day down there.
1: Well, I'm thrilled to be doing it. You know, Bob called me, invited me on. And then he calls me this morning and says, oh, by the way, I won't be on the first one.
0: <laughs> well, I think we did okay for our rookie skate. And uh, thanks for going easy on me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Brian. I Take appreciate care. you
1: having me on. Thank you.
0: That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Uh, of course, a long time and, and uh, very versatile. NHL mind, a general manager, an agent, a player, a first overall pick, all that kind of stuff. It is uh, 12.53 here in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.